Welcome to the Interop Now podcast, where it's all about health data interoperability and the technology solutions that will transform your business. We bring you the information you need to find the right solutions to exceed federal requirements, improve patient satisfaction, and increase your bottom line. We will talk to leading industry experts about using APIs to unleash, repurpose, and scale healthcare data. And now your host, interoperability maven, Sandy Vance. Hey everybody, it's Sandy Vance, and I am so excited about our guest on the show today because she has turned a very personal challenge into an opportunity to drive change across the healthcare industry by establishing BeWell. BeWell is a company that is focused squarely on advancing health equity by using technology to allow choice to consumers. On the show, Kristen Valdez, BeWell's CEO, talks about her journey as a caregiver, empowering consumers to make navigating the healthcare system the way it should be, and teaching healthcare systems how to respond to the needs of their communities through data transformation. Kristen Valdez is a powerhouse CEO and founder of BeWell. She's a fiercely determined mom and a force in the healthcare industry. Kristen has worked in healthcare for over 20 years at both public and private organizations, and she really knows her way around the healthcare payer space, having worked on the first national pay, payment integrity program for Medicare and Medicaid uh, when she was at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Kristen, welcome, and thank you for sharing some time with us today to talk about how interoperability can change healthcare and how BeWell has taken on this mission to personalize healthcare for consumers by making sure that they have the right information at the right time. Kristen, let's start by telling listeners what BeWell does. BeWell is a digital transformation platform. When I describe the consumer side of things, it's actually quite simple. We give consumers and we collect using their patient right of access, all of their healthcare data into one place from their providers, all of their insurance companies, their labs, their pharmacies, we're uniquely connected to Medicare fee-for-service, to the Veterans Administration, um, think about smart homes, um, all of the data and benefits that we can get for an individual so we can truly know that person individually. And then we use our personalization engines to create a, a unique health journey for an individual and for their family members through our health circle. So I can receive alerts telling me my dad's due to fill a medication or that he's due for a follow-up cardiology visit, or I can receive alerts on my like reminding me that it's time for me to get in for my uh, mammography and what I like to schedule. So it allows us to meet the needs of individuals with truly tailored and personalized communications based on their data. But then we go the step further to navigate them to care, whether it's in person, virtual, digital, or even now asynchronously. For our businesses that we sell to, it provides a lot of value because one, most healthcare transactions are still telephonic. We pick up the phone to find a doctor and to book an appointment or, you know, even sometimes to get questions answered around paying our bill. So for our businesses, they're also trying to move more proactively upstream as they shift into value-based care models and not just react when someone has an acute issue and shows up at the front door. So we always like to say consumerism is quite simple when you boil it down. What consumers want is be there for me when I need you and tell me when there's something I need to do. So the BeWell platform ingests all of the data under HIPAA, under BAAs with our customers in order to know what's happening with their uh, 
the data that they hold on an individual. Plus we bring the outside data in for an individual and their family, all with consent, of course. Pulling in that data, we create those personalized experiences and then we can simply text message or do a push notification or an email when someone has a need so that we can proactively drive them into care, which helps our businesses to achieve those value-based metrics, but also helps customers feel like um, that someone has their back, that they're proactively reaching out and letting them know when there's something they need to do. Yeah, navigating the healthcare system can be so difficult for a healthy individual. When we start to think about the fact that I think it's like one in five Americans is providing care coordination for either a friend or family member, and we still struggle with the provider access the way we do. This idea of aggregating the data and sharing it with the right people could really be a game changer. The health system has come a long way in the last 10 years, as nearly all providers now have an electronic health record. And many health systems have implemented those, you know, the patient portals in hopes that these solutions, I, I think the hope was that these solutions would advance the movement for consumer-directed care and really empower patients to take responsibility for their consumption of health care. But this really takes it a step further. How, how does the Be Well solution enable more proactive care? So, you know, portals are, are great for what they were designed to do, which is to get information from, you know, one entity to a patient or to a consumer. But the reality is, is that we all have multiple touch points uh, and places where our healthcare data exists. And so it's really hard to create a comprehensive end-to-end -end experience for consumers and their families when you have to log into multiple portals. My daughter, who lives with an autoimmune condition, has seven. 17 patient portals, and that's just on the clinical side. But when you think about the fact that we have insurance carriers, pharmacies, labs, some of us have Medicare or veterans, you know, administration or VA uh, type benefits, employer sponsored health and wellness programs can be anywhere from 10 to 15 different logins for various components. And let's not forget HSAs and FSAs plus retail. And now we're faced with more than 300,000 digital healthcare applications that sit on the cloud. So healthcare is highly fragmented when you expect a user to go into each and every one of those experiences, not only for themselves, but what's most notable is that most families have one healthcare CEO in their family and 86% of the time that's a female. So I have that complexity times the number of children, my spouse or parents that I'm caregiving to now more often not living at home. So it becomes really difficult to create a workflows that can be helpful in a user or their family's life when you can't see all of the touch points or all of the data to really get to know that individual and using their data to create those value-based workflows that can make it a real impact to how they manage their health care and the health of their family. Yeah, having the data points to make decisions is important, but seeing the whole picture is a huge factor in understanding our physical health and the options that we have to be proactive about it. It's like trying to manage your finances by looking at like one bank account or a credit card statement or one investment at a time. It really takes pulling all that together to look at overall net worth in an app like Mint.com or something so that we can understand how that information looks altogether. I've been using that free financial app for years, and it, it makes sense that consumers would have such an option for something as important as their physical health and how they manage their health care. I also love that BeWell takes it a step beyond accessing the information by providing alerts and messages that aid caregivers in the navigation 
because the the vastness of the healthcare ecosystem can be just so difficult, even for those of us who work in this space and know our way around. Kristen, what drives you to take on these tough challenges? Um, I have um, been a healthcare executive for the last over two decades of my career. And when my own child got sick, I recognized that we had failed uh, in our solutions to give consumers and their families the tools that they needed to be active participants in their own healthcare. Uh, my child was born with a very significant autoimmune condition. And even as a healthcare industry expert, I had a really difficult time navigating her across the system. And it took over seven and a half years to find her diagnosis. And I was the one who found it. And I am not a clinician. And during that time, she had a near fatal incident because two EMR systems couldn't communicate with one another. And it was at that point that I decided to launch Be Well Connected Health. It's named for my daughter, Bailey. I've called her B since the day that she was born as a way to do just that, to reimagine the healthcare experience from a consumer and family perspective, but also to help our businesses and stakeholders in the market to deliver on the shift to value-based care and to create consumer experiences that were what consumers and their families had expected out of the healthcare system and to make things, quite frankly, just simpler. Wow. Let me just say how impressive it is that you are able to manage all of that and still be impacting healthcare as an industry <laughs> the way that you are. What a powerhouse. Thank you for that. But also, yes, 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 to a simpler way and a better consumer experience. As a mom and a caregiver myself, that really resonates so much with me. Uh, I'm sure it does with anyone who manages healthcare for a loved one. Uh, so basically all of humanity, right? It can feel so overwhelming at times to determine the right next steps for ourselves and our loved ones. And we just need that whole picture. It's like putting together a puzzle, but missing a piece. How do you think Be Well makes sure that there are no missing puzzle pieces in the healthcare continuum for consumers? Oh, I think we're, we're far from having the full puzzle completed. I'll say that. Um, where I think we are is that we've got a really good head start. So data that has historically not been accessible to patients is now available through their patient right of access and in a consistent format. Um, we never dreamed about being able to get our entire you know, health insurance data uh, feeds, including even pricing uh, to be available to us that is persistent and portable and could carry with us forward um, as we change insurance companies or we change jobs. Um, all of the data is not accessible today. And that's because one, EMRs do not make all of the data that they capture and collect available through open APIs or extracts or even the portal today. There are certain types of data points that are really hard to get, like imaging data, um, because imaging data sits inside of systems, pack systems that were largely designed for download to CD versus upload to cloud. <laughs> so, you know, there's definitely work to be done there. Um, and healthcare changes all the time. Um, you know, a few years ago, when we really started to standardize and collect things like social determinant data, there were new diagnosis codes that needed to be created, but there was all kinds of surveys that we have in different standard, in different formats that are now starting to become standardized. So I think one, we view interoperability as it will never be done. The variety of data will continue to increase and that will start to include remote patient sensors and monitoring devices, as well as digital therapeutics and digital health point solutions where new and different data points can come back. 
Um, but we do try our best to provide to patients and their families all of the data that we can access at that point in time, knowing that it will continue to change over time. And so we just look at this as never really being done, but trying to be as comprehensive as possible. Interoperability will never be done. You heard it here, folks. That is so true, Kristen. Knowing that and sharing how committed Be Well is to the work and innovation necessary to keep making it better is super important. Why don't you share how Be Well has supported standards development and leveraged the HL7 FIRE standard in particular to make data movement happen? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a big believer that you have to help create the environment that you operate in. Um, I remember several years ago sitting down, I'm a member of the Karen Alliance. I sit on the board. Uh, it's a great organization, private-public partnership, trying to move consumer data liberation forward and working with HL7 because all of the standards that we develop and design um, for consumers and the implementation guides that are created go through the HL7 validating process so that they can become um, you know, part of the standard. And so we were heavily involved in creation of the payer fire guidelines and are one also one of the first, we were one of the first to connect to payers. I think there's actually only five, if I recall correctly, there are really only about five companies today that can transact and pay or fire. We are one of those five. Um, and so we are early adopters of this tech. Um, there are new standards that are coming out that we're working on development for. So things like benefits, right? I mean, when you go ask a consumer, any consumer, um, you know, on the road, you can stop someone and say, hey, do you know how many, you know, physical therapy visits you get under your benefit plan this year? They look at you like you're crazy, right? So getting benefits more accessible to consumers where application developers can show things like, hey, we saw you just use, you know, one of two podiatry visits eligible. You're next um, eligible for a podiatry visit on this date. And then when someone has that need, because maybe they're living with diabetes and best practices or that they need to have and see a podiatrist annually, that we can simply remind them hey, your benefit period has started over. Don't forget you need a podiatry visit this year. Can I help you make that appointment? So data accessibility is all about how, what you're going to do with that data, not necessarily how you're going to present it to someone. So we need to keep going so that things like eligibility and benefits and social determinants and all the things that can really provide barriers to accessing care are going to be publicly accessible, available, and regulated so that it's mandated that that information be shared. That's awesome. So what do you think is the next step in full transparency of EHR data? Well, I think we're right at the kind of precipice, um, price transparency, uh, no surprise bills and others are going to change one of the big pain points for consumers, which isn't just how do I access my own health data, which will continue to expand into pharmacy, you know, and lab by mandate, which are already somewhat accessible today uh, through different sources. Um, but you'll start to see more and more varieties of data come out. Um, and those will be things like social determinants and others. But I think we're going to move more into the access to care and the barriers that consumers have with accessing health care in a frictionless way. And so no surprise bills and price transparency are two new, very key regulations where consumers are ultimately promised um, effectively in a statement or an EOB that tells them what the cost of care will be before they actually engage in that care. And that's when we start to see the consumer market really emerge because when they do have a need, they're going to have a choice in where and how they can access that care based on cost. 
but I'd love to see the industry move towards more standardized quality metrics at the same time. Because one thing we know is that cost and quality in our country are really not correlated. Many consumers feel like if they pay more for something, they're getting better quality, and that's not the case in the U.S. healthcare system. So I'd love to see our entities be able to roll out not just the price at which something will cost, but also the quality of the physician and the service and the experience um, at the same time so we can make more informed decisions. And that's where I think we're going to be heading next. That makes complete sense. Healthcare provisioning is like no other process in that we often buy without knowing the cost or quality of the service. I, I wouldn't let somebody paint my house without knowing what it's going to cost. And we go to Yelp to know if a meal is going to be good before dining out. Well, my husband does. I just wing it. <laughs> but the stakes are much higher in healthcare, right? So there, the no surprise bill is an important step forward for all of us. No one benefits from the uninformed marketplace that we have been experiencing for all these years. We don't know if the service is right for us. We don't know what things cost. It's just not okay anymore. And so this step forward is really huge. We want more. And you're right. Quality metrics need to be a part of that, that digital transformation process too. I think it's important with digital transformation and where digital transformation can go that we think about changing some of the um, paternalism that exists within the healthcare landscape. We've been in our industry, we've really focused on, you know, a one size fits all. And this can cross the employer, the payer or the health system space where we'll say, hey, You know, if a consumer has the need for, let's say, a maternity solution that can guide them in between doctor's appointments, you know, doctors really do want to leverage digital health solutions, but sometimes they don't know which one. And so process ensues and there's RFPs and other processes to pick, you know, the best solution. And one of the things that digital transformation can do is really open up choice to consumers and create a market environment that will allow impactful solutions to emerge to the top. And it will save our healthcare system a ton of money from an administration perspective of not having to RFP, do security, due diligence, contract, market, implement one by one by one, which is why we typically pick one solution. But I think with all of the focus that we need to have in health equity and on diversity and inclusion efforts across the healthcare landscape, that the best thing we can do is help to take these 300,000 digital health solutions um, and or all the solutions that we offer and provide by different modalities of care, whether it's you know in person or virtually, and that we give consumers choice. And technology can allow us to set up pathways where we can automate the auto onboarding of solution providers and partners. We talked a little bit about the standards organizations and creating things like FHIR. Well, with BeWell, all the data that we ingest, whether it comes in in FHIR, X12, CCDA, ADT, or even Excel spreadsheets sometimes because it's healthcare, Mm -hmm. all of that data gets mapped into a FHIR native platform with APIs out so that it's easy for partners to come in um, and auto connect themselves to the platform, which saves from a technology and development and timeline standpoint. So we can actually start to run fast. And I think, as you know, you know, two words that we don't often hear in the same sentence is healthcare and fast. So it allows us <laughs> to really, you know, speed to market with better solutions by using digital uh, transformation technology platforms so that we can use these standards 
to move more quickly and to give consumers choice where we can invite all of the maternity solutions to the table. And I'll give a quick example. So one of my favorite new companies is a company called Candlelit. And Candlelit is a maternity um, and behavioral health solution designed for black moms. And as we know, our black moms have very different health outcomes through maternity in our country. And when we are being paternalistic and we're choosing just one maternity solution for an entire population, we may often not select Candlelit because it is uniquely designed for a smaller segment of our population. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we can actually start to improve on that, which is something near and dear to BeWell's heart and our mission overall, is to advance health equity by using technology to allow choice to our consumers and use their data through these standards to truly personalize and make recommendations that match their data, their needs, or their wishes so that we can get people to engage in their healthcare more frequently and more often, but with solutions that they're more likely to engage in because they look like them or they look like they fit into their lifestyle. And so I think it's important that we think about digital transformation, not just as reinventing the workflow. I mean, I'm sure we didn't all, you know, think about how to go in and make blockbuster lines faster, right? <laughs> what we really needed to do was think a little bit differently. And I think that that's what digital transformation and this day and time allows us the opportunity to do. And I'm excited about the business models and the opportunities we have to improve on some of the fundamental things where healthcare falls short. Absolutely. Many moons ago, I was implementing EMRs at a health system and I would talk with service line leaders and encourage at times beg them to evaluate their workflow and build it from the ground up versus just automating their old paper process. The functionality that an electronic health record affords would go far beyond what their paper process was able to do. So you really have to think through that and plan ahead as you're building it. And I think that that is likened to this, this you know, data movement as this data movement transitions to APIs from a point-to-point -point environment and those interfaces that we used to have to build from one system to another. And now we have this ability to leverage these APIs um, across multiple different workflows and multiple different um, use cases. We really need to evaluate what we're doing and make sure that the process makes sense still. We've learned a lot since those first scanned documents were indexed into a database. We've come a long way, baby, right? So we have all this discrete data and analytics, and we can do more with it for consumers, payers, and providers. So I guess, Kristen, can you talk about how BeWell is really helping health systems and provider organizations work toward this data transformation that creates a better marketplace? So BeWell helps health systems with a number of different things. And what I'll say is I've never met two health systems that are focused on the same thing. <laughs> so their priorities are very different. Um, but one thing I think all health systems are going through right now is how do they reinvent their current workflows, models, and tools to meet consumer expectations in a mobile and digital first world, right? So how do we get docs to go through that culture shift and put and get on to open appointment scheduling so that consumers can mobile schedule and make their own appointments. There are very, very real impacts financially to health systems by doing that. No show and cancellation rates drop. And that's because consumers are actually in control of their own schedule. They have the reminders, they're integrating digitally with their calendars. You know, they have directions and reminders and things that you can't get if you just pick up the phone, make an appointment and sometimes forget about it. 
especially if it's over six to seven weeks out where we know there is much, much higher probability of no-shows. So there's a lot of really great financial metrics in just rebuilding the foundation of helping someone to find a doctor, make an appointment, be prepared for the appointment, follow up with what the doctor wants them to follow up on from the appointment all the way through paying their bill, right? Which now given price transparency can be moved up front in the process where the expectation can be moved up front. Some of the bad debt can be eliminated um, by allowing people to pay for their service, you know, at the time of, or, you know, even before their care or to plan for things that are more expensive down the line. So you can help facilitate those transactions much more seamlessly by moving in a mobile and digital format, even things like the number one request we get from consumers, which is, can you help me fill out that form at the doctor's office? Why do I have to fill out the form? All that data is known. And so being able to advance, check people in just like you can with an airline. Um, those are the kinds of conveniences that consumers need. And so where we see health systems going right now is they are phasing into digital transformation by starting with the foundation of how to access care. And that's why you hear those loving terms called digital front doors. You know, digital front door is all about the main premise of consumerism, which is, hey, be there for me when I need you. So when somebody is sick and they show up at your doorstep, do you have the most frictionless experience for them to get what they need and to be navigated to the right place the first time to get the care that they need, feel good about that care so that they can get better? And the second premise is where digital transformation needs to go, which is tell me when there's something I need to do. And that's getting upstream and proactive. So digital transformation touches the entire continuum of care, not just when somebody has a need. So this is really the transformation of moving from our country's current acute and sick care system into a health care system. And that's where digital transformation is going. So our health systems are really aligning behind, let me get my foundation rebuilt. And then on top of that, let me start accessing or adding additional services like the ability to meet people in their homes or, you know, to offer telehealth services or even remote patient monitoring for our chronic um, care um, patients that we that we care for. But what I'm really excited about is the new and different business models that can emerge where we can truly meet people where they are. And I don't mean that in the cliche sentence, you know, that healthcare has used it forever, but things like, hey, when a health system is under value-based arrangements and one of their measures is trying to increase the prevalence of colorectal cancer screening, wouldn't it be great if a retail pharmacy could just receive an API that says, hey, you know, when Kristen shows up on pharmacy to pick up her meds, can you please give her a Color Guard kit and ask her to take that test at home from Dr. Smith? And then we'll set up a telehealth visit when we get those results so that we can infuse healthcare conveniently where consumers are. And the foundation of that is the BeWell platform, which is how we move data between entities that are not siloed so that they can start to create new and better business models to really advance some of the value-based arrangements and ultimately the healthcare of our country. So much will change by enabling data transformation and value-based care. In thinking about the Vive audience, who are executive leaders of healthcare organizations, how does a provider organization know when to start or where to start, I guess I would say, like what, what to do first to get tangible value quickly and gain some momentum on their digital transformation process? Yeah, it's a great question because sometimes people think of digital transformation as a technology project, and I can assure you it is anything but. Uh, in fact, the biggest um, 
blockers or barriers to digital transformation are the culture shifts that organizations need to go through. Be well, when we start with our health systems, we get very specific about helping our health systems to understand how to get from point A to point B. And that means that we have to identify the priorities for the organization. So what are the main drivers? Are you trying to be the easiest system to work with? Are you trying to do net new patient acquisition? Are you trying to inspire loyalty? Or are you trying to move payments to value-based care payments? There's all kinds of motivators depending on the health system. But when we go in, we not only identify the focus, but then we help to create the entire prioritization roadmap. So we help with patient journey mapping, more importantly, provider journey mapping, because digital transformation is not just for the consumer. If it doesn't work for the provider, it's not going to work without creating friction. So you need to do both. And then even health system journey mapping along those touch points to make sure that the system is getting what it needs to be successful as well. And we help to create a transparent and visible cadence of that roadmap, help organizations to organize into agile teams so that we can move forward very quickly in an iterative approach and learn through the different workflows that we put in place. And we have different playbooks. So when we come in, it's uh, easy to get started to say, hey, we just need to know who is the person in your organization who owns your Epic relationship, where we can say, here are the uh, list of APIs that we need stood up in a sandbox so that we can get started. And that way we can start to make commitments and help the teams we work with at health systems to show incremental progress very quickly to all of the stakeholders in the organization. So it's not an initiative that's just talked about as a multi-year initiative and people don't really lean into it, but what are the workflows, the meeting cadences, the success and performance metrics that you can show and the real tangible output um, of getting started quickly so that everyone can lean in and get on board that the change is happening, it's happening quickly, but it doesn't have to happen all at once. So it's taking that overwhelming project breaking it down into smaller pieces with a pathway to get from A to B and then B to Z. Um, And so we help our customers with those playbooks, expectations, and how they even organized for success, including decision-making and executive authority. And that allows us to move them forward more quickly with things that we've seen work over multiple health systems across the country. Absolutely. To your point earlier, interoperability will continue to evolve and change. So it's important that we're nimble But also stakeholders need to see those early wins. Um, I'm sure it is of great benefit to be able to use BeWell's successful processes. You've used these before uh, to work toward those incremental advancements toward data transformation. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing BeWell's mission, your story, and your plan for a future of better health interoperability today. How can health systems looking to work with BeWell get in touch? Well, you can certainly reach out to us by our website, um, www.icanbewell.com. And we have a form that you can fill out. We're happy to set up demonstration times or connect you with one of our sales representatives. Um, But we'd love to connect with uh, anyone who is interested in moving forward with their digital transformation goals. Uh, We are excited about the fact that um, our technology platform can actually speed the development of digital transformation uh, because we come off the shelf with a lot of components that are missing from today's provider landscape. Um, But we'd love to hear from all providers who are starting on or in the process of their digital transformation journey. Thanks, Kristen. I can't wait to see you and all of our listeners in sunny Miami. 
Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out Interop Now at Vive. Through interactive demonstration, we will take all the concepts and products from the podcast and help you see in real time how to apply them to meet your goals. Come learn how to take your business to the next level with the premier interoperability solutions in healthcare. Find more information at www.viveevent.com.